Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Good morning. Beautiful day. Thanks. And all the glory to God. So my name is Jeff Topinka. Um, for those that I haven't met, um, I'm one of the Jamie, Jeff, and Justin trios that have been on the prayer list for the past several years, so thank you for that. So today I want to talk about the sheep and the goats. And this reading's from Matthew 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all of the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you in a, as a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this passage from Matthew's gospel is known as the final judgment. This passage talks about the day in which Jesus will return, blazing in beauty with all his angels with him. He will be seated at the heavenly throne with all nations seated in front of him. And he will sort out the sheep and the goats. 
It's a pretty intense passage as it describes the second coming of Christ in the day of judgment whereby those who live by the word of Jesus will be separated from those who did not. A judgment that is not based on who they are or their association, but rather the criteria of their actions in feeding the hungry, giving drink to those who thirst, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, and visiting those who are imprisoned. So when we hear how it is the sheep end up and how it is the goats seemingly end up, who is it you hope to be? Oh, I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep for sure. I, I'm not a goat. Wait, I am a sheep, right? I think I do enough to help the needy. But wait, how do, how do I know if I'm doing enough? Is what I do enough? We get stuck on that focus that while we do help those in need, when is it enough? If this is what Jesus is talking about in terms of helping the hungry or the thirsty, the homeless, the poor, if he is saying that our attention to the marginalized is directly connected to our salvation, well then how do I know what is sufficient? How many of us have dedicated time to helping others, especially around the holidays? Maybe we volunteer to serve meals or donate food or donate our time. Makes us feel good, right? We have this wondering feeling when it's done if what we did was enough. Were those non-perishable food items that I donated enough? This idea is what tormented the conscience of Martin Luther, St. Paul, St. Augustine, a few of our founding fathers of Christianity and, and Lutheranism. Martin Luther struggled endlessly with this. During his time in the monastery, he wrote about the agony of how he spent 15 years torturing himself with righteous works such as fasting, honestly thinking that this was the path to righteousness. Was everything he was trying enough to earn his salvation? He eventually realized through Scripture, we are not saved by these endless works, but rather we are saved by God's free gift of grace, our faith in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the scripture about being the sheep or the goats, it's not about works. It's not about doing enough, not about helping the lowly and the poor by some sort of standard. This is not about works righteousness. In our baptism by the water and the word, we become children of God, disciples of Christ. We are claimed by God for life, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, St. Paul writes. Yes, we are gifted, freely gifted God's grace. The gift that lifts that burden of ever doing enough, of ever being good enough. This is a story about us as a society, as children of God, doing the work which we are called to do in our baptism. It is answering the call to serve the entire body of Christ. It is living out our baptismal promise of living among God's faithful people, hearing the word, proclaiming the good news of Christ in word and deed, striving for justice and peace of all. We are called and incorporated into Christ and the body of the church. We're called into a new way of living. 
The actions of helping the less fortunate are actions of love, risen out of our faith in what God did for us in Jesus Christ. To go one step further, I want to take a look at a certain uh, part of this passage. If we can go back to 37 to 39, verses 37 to 39. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? This is so remarkable because you can tell by the response of the sheep, they had no idea who it was they were actually helping. Tending to the poor came so naturally to the sheep because of their faith, they have trouble recalling when they did it. They fed the hungry, well, because they were hungry. They gave drink to the thirsty because they were thirsty. These are the actions that are derived from faith that is active in love. They care for those who are hungry and simply, and thir- they care for those who are hungry and thirsty simply because they are in need. They do not do this for any personal gain. The sheep and the goats were equally, equally surprised, neither realizing that it was Jesus. Who, they were, who was actually within the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the sick. The actions of the sheep came as naturally as breathing. Jesus says elsewhere in Matthew, they will be known by their fruit. They will be known by their actions, what is in their hearts. The good fruit is indicated by the actions done by what is in our heart. The good tree bears good fruit. It is the actions of the sheep in taking care of the needy. They did these things not because they knew they would be helping Jesus. They helped the needy because it was the right thing to do. While God's grace is always good news, the good news in this passage is for those who are hungry and thirsty and poor, those who are homeless, sick, and imprisoned. Jesus is not only lifting up the plight of those who suffer, but Jesus is actually identifying With those, he is calling his own. He is calling himself, one of those who normally would be considered as forsaken in our society. So last summer, we, uh, as a family, we took a trip uh, back up to Pittsburgh, where I'm from, and we were downtown uh, walking around and my wife had taken the kids into a store to do some shopping, and I was, uh, sat down outside on the, on, the, on the sidewalk, and I noticed this seemingly homeless man with his arms outstretched with a cup to the passers-by. And what caught my attention more than the homeless man was the reaction of the people as they walked by. Their body language, their expression, it's a scene that really stuck with me. A while later, I came across this article about a homeless person, is here locally, actually, and was brought back to the vision of how it is sometimes we treat those in need. 
This was an article about a homeless person here locally. It was an affluent area. It was a nice part of town, expensive homes. This homeless person became sort of an annoyance to the people in this town. The article interviews a few people and tells some stories of their actions or their reactions to this homeless person. I think we have a picture of that up for a minute. So as I started reading through the article about the reaction of these people and the homeless person, who, I don't know if we have the picture up, but you can't really see much. It's laying on a bench, covered up with a blanket, nothing real visible except his feet. This is a photo from the article. So as I started reading through the article and the reaction of the people, and reflecting on my experience that I described up in Pittsburgh, it really got me thinking. I quickly realized the reaction of others and how it is we react to the needy can really cause us to look within ourselves. The passers-by in both instances acted very similar. Ah, it's windy. Some people ignored the homeless. They walked quickly past these guys, nervously avoiding eye contact. Some as they approach, you know, they did that trick with their cell phone where you kind of pick up and all of a sudden you're talking to somebody. A few kind of held onto their bags or their purse tightly. What would you do? Some people pass the homeless man with a look of disgust. Although some, some did give a cordial no, sort of nod of the head. A few tossed some coins into his cup. What would you do? In the second story, some people complained to the city officials. One woman even called the police on the homeless man. What would you do? Can we put up that second picture? Um, for a second. I think there's something very telling about this person on the bench. And I can't see if it's up or not. But in this other picture, everything is covered as it was, except his feet. And if you look down, there are nail holes in the tops of his feet. Now, what would you do? Did your thoughts change after you realized that it was actually Jesus on that bench? Only when we saw the holes of his feet from being nailed to the cross? This article that I talked about, it's about homeless Jesus. It's, it's actually a name given to a sculpture by a Canadian artist, which first appeared right here in Charlotte, North Carolina, actually up in Davidson, at an Episcopal church, which had purchased the statue. And while the statue gets a wide array of reaction, the focus of the public's reaction with the statue of homeless Jesus 
really tells the story of Matthew 25. The actions of the sheep and the goats. You see, this article isn't just about any homeless person. In fact, it's really about every homeless person, every poor person, every oppressed, every hungry. It's a story of every marginalized person. And Jesus' point here and in all of Scripture is that, yes, you will find me in the broken, in the lowly, in the poor in spirit. You'll find me in the hungry stranger. In the Scripture, when Jesus is speaking, he makes it clear. He is the hungry or the thirsty person on the street corner. He is the stranger looking for help. He is the family that cannot afford to clothe their kids. He is the single parent trying to afford groceries. He's a sick person hoping to afford their medicine. When we turn our back on those who are suffering, we're turning our back on Jesus. He's very adamant about the fact that it is he who is within the marginalized. The gospel is the story of how Jesus spent his entire life engaging people that so many times society seems to seek to avoid. The gospel reveals how God came to earth in this body, in the body of Jesus, not as a rich and conquering emperor, but a God that came in the form of a Jesus who was humbled, who was vulnerable, who was a servant, who was obedient. Jesus came in the truest form of God. And it is the gospel that is food for the hungry. It is the gospel that is drink for the thirsty. It's freedom for the imprisoned. It's relief for the weary. It's the liberation for the oppressed. However difficult this part of Christianity is sometimes, Jesus makes it clear how it is we are to live. It's a difficult message, but sometimes that's kind of the point. It's a disruption of what we're comfortable with at times when he's basically saying the purpose of our lives come down not to a separation of us or them, red or blue, one part of town or another, but rather is my life an example of Jesus' command to love my neighbor. As Martin Luther famously said, God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. And that means taking care of the marginalized in our communities. Our focus becomes how is it we as individuals can create systems whereby our community tends to the poor as easily and as effortlessly effortlessly as the sheep care for the poor. So the understanding of this scripture fits right into the polarized political and, and social climate today in regard to the allocation of our personal and political resources when it comes to addressing the issues of homelessness or low income or working poor in our cities. Debates have raged on over the creation and placement of subsidized or low-income housing, as well as how it is our tax dollars are allocated and addressing how it is we take care of the poor. Today, we still see this imbalance and unequal distribution of wealth, privilege, and power. The idea of taking care of the poor is often sometimes lower on our list of priorities. Our values are often tied to what we have for ourselves as opposed to what we can provide to others in need. I love this quote by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the Lutheran pastor and theologian. He said, we must, re 
We must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. I'm going to say that one more time. We must learn to regard people less in the light of what they do or omit to do and more in the light of what they suffer. It's so powerful because it's so relevant on how we should be taking care of people. It doesn't matter what they do or didn't do to get into a place of need. So church, where do we go from here? Well, we're going to do something a little different. And I hope you'll join me in this. I'd like to invite you all into a conversation using a process called deliberative dialogue we'll dig deeper into the idea of caring for the poor listening as we listen and share our ideas our stories our values and our experiences we'll use a issue guide, a nonpartisan issue guide developed by the National Inst Issues Forum Institute. It's called Making Ends Meet. How should we spread prosperity and improve opportunity? So this issue guide will help us explore three different approaches to this complex problem. Should we create more opportunities? Should we strengthen the safety net? Should we reduce inequality? There are benefits and drawbacks to each of these approaches, but we'll take time to consider these three. How will this work? I ask that you join me this Wednesday evening, November 11th, in a Zoom call, because I know we haven't had enough of Zoom. <clears throat> this Wednesday, November 11th at 6.30. Myself, along with Jeff Taylor, who will help me out on this, we'll have a live discussion group We'll have it advertised, I think, starting tomorrow on our websites. But we'll create ideas on how, as a church community, we can move forward in answering the call to help our less fortunate neighbors. As Christians, we are called in our baptism to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel in our deeds. We are called children of God, called to serve our fellow siblings in Christ, and together, we can discern how to apply that, how to apply it and take action in the caring and service of others. Amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.